0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Seren from Zuma Radio, AM
1: 740. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come warm yourself by the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. I, I have to tell you, I, am, uh, I have been walking on air for the last 24 plus hours. Before my shift hosting Coast to Coast AM last night, I attended a very powerful, deeply moving, inspiring, spiritual event up in Vaughan, which is north of Toronto, for our American listeners. Jonathan Kahn, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, a dear friend of this program. He's been with us many times, most recently, to talk about his new book, The Paradigm. He's also been with me on Coast. And he was speaking at the Vaughan Community Church, which was um, an event hosted by Rabbi Jeff Foreman uh, with the City of David, along with Rabbi Andrew uh, Zeidman at Rosh Pinah. And it was packed, I tell you. Uh, Jonathan was speaking about the mystery of the Jubilee, and at the end of the event, he sounded the sh- uh, the shofar, you know, the ram's horn, four times. And I don't know... <laughs> What to tell you other than I, I certainly felt God's presence in that uh, packed room. I know a lot of people did. Uh, I, and I had a chance to duck backstage and say hi to Jonathan. Truly a remarkable man. And if you get a chance, uh, log onto YouTube and search Jonathan Kahn, C A H N. He made a speech or delivered a speech to members of Congress. I'm not sure when this was, a, a couple of years ago, I think. In, again, very inspirational. A powerful and a very courageous speech, uh, given the, um, the times in which we live. Check it out. A very controversial new documentary uh, currently in production. It's called The Myth Is Canada. And I'm reading here from the, uh, the website at uh, nephilimfilms.com. Uh, this film will expose the misguided belief systems the people of Canada hold about the Canadian federal and provincial governments. The documentary will expose an ongoing deception and will bring a solution to the people of Canada. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm, I'm just overcome here with <clears throat> emotion. Uh, to the people of Canada to overcome this deception so as to bring a prosperous and bright future for all the people of Canada. Uh, independent filmmaker and executive producer of this feature-length doc, uh, F- uh, Doug Force, uh, will be joining me uh, for the full two hours, uh, which... Uh, requires a bit of a programming note. If you've been on the website strangeplanet.ca, you're probably wondering what happened to Jeff Worcester, the co-founder and president of the Center for Deep Political Research, uh, was to join us in the second hour to discuss JFK versus the deep state. Of course, as we approach the 54th um, anniversary of the murder of the 35th president, but uh, Jeff has a medical emergency at at this hour and I won't go into further details. I just want to tell Jeff, if he happens to be listening, or his publicist, all of us here uh, at the Conspiracy Show, sending out our healing prayers uh, to you and your family. A very difficult time. We hope to get Jeff back on the show real soon. So, But we are, uh, having said that, delighted that Doug Force will join us for the full two hours. It really deserves uh, the full two hours. Uh, next week on the program, uh, Billy Carson... Uh, will be with us to t- discuss the secret space program and our good friend media scientist McLuhanite uh, Nelson Thal on synthetic clones and doubles. <laughs> this should be good. Nelson is always full value. We always enjoy when he stops by. Uh, let me introduce the boys in the band on the Gibson Flying V guitar, Ian Robertson, who is uh, soon uh, flying off to Los Angeles to record a, um, a record album. And then he'll forget all about his friends here on The Conspiracy Show. He's actually nodding. Yes, I will. He says, I am going Hollywood. No, it's not going to happen. Ian is just too grounded. No, the album will happen, Ian. I'm just saying, you're not going to allow that depraved Hollywood, um, you know to infect you you're because you're
2: getting back you, into a corner here further and further. What's that? You're getting back into a corner here no, further. No, no, further. no,
1: I'm just i mean, you 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 you're such a solid individual and um I know that you're not going to be affected by that nonsense out in uh, la la land. That's all I'm saying. Ah, thank you. So just, you know, go out there, make a great record and then come right back, all right? can do. Promise? <laughs> all right. Uh and on the rickenbacker bass guitar and occasionally the theremin, the mysterious Albert Vinzel, my story producer. And, uh, oh, let me uh, – you were at a um, – bring your microphone over there, uh, um, Albert. You were at some sort of a psychic testing facility this past weekend, weren't you?
2: Yeah, I, I, that's how I spent my Saturday afternoon. It, it was uh, here in Toronto. It was part of IONS. And it what was, is
1: IONS? What is that stand uh, for?
2: The Institute of Noetic Sciences. It was okay. the one with, with Dean Radin. But we were doing, like, a study on unconditional love and precognition. So, like, they would – they're hoping their results are better when they hypnotize you to feel unconditional love. Then you should be able to perceive things better. And, you, you know, all is connected and all is one. But I was hoping really for more real-world applications, like stuff where you can, you know, um, solve real-world problems. But, the, but this, like a lot of it was sort of guessing like a pea and a walnut and, and things like that.
1: Like a shell game?
2: Yeah, these inner cards. This was
1: this an stuff. app. So, yeah, it it's the equivalent phone. of the Xenocards where you have to – is it a star? Is it a wavy line? Is it a, is it a triangle? I mean, that's normally how they assess psychic ability, right? Yeah. But they didn't do that. They just – okay, so they've updated it and now it's on an app. Right. And the idea was after they – so they, they give you a baseline. How did you do in the baseline?
2: I actually, I think I, I'm the opposite of what his hypothesis was. Like, I, I, I think his hypothesis should, would be that once you're hypnotized, you do the same three tests again, and your results should be better. And I think my results went down. <laughs> but, but the but first nothing time did, about <laughs> you, Albert, is
1: sort of typical, so I'm not surprised. You don't need to go there to receive unconditional love. You have it here, my friend.
2: Oh, well, exactly, yeah.
1: All right. And uh, finally, on the uh, Hammond B3 feature producer and our YouTube live stream producer, Ryan White. Of course, Albert also on the other uh, live stream. And uh, glad to have you all here, as always. All right. Oh, and my little, uh, my little guy in the other room, North who is learning to become a technical producer. He's learning at the knee of uh, Ian Robertson. All right, let's get down to business, shall we? In his feature-length documentary film, Doug Force makes the case that Canada, listen closely now, Canada is not a lawfully established country. It's not a sovereign country. We are not citizens. We are chattel in a crown owned corporation. In the film, Doug interviews former governor-generals is it governor generals or governors general? Hmm, we'll ask him about that. Uh, Lieutenant governors, various Canadian politicians, constitutional attorneys, and federal and provincial judges. Doug Force is a Canadian, many generations Canadian, a bit of a history buff to say the least. He started researching the history of Canada a number of years ago, putting together the broader context of what is Canada. He serves as writer, director, researcher, and executive producer at Nephilim Films. Doug Force, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. It's been quite a while.
3: It has been, Richard, and thank you very much for having me back yet yeah, for my, a third time.
1: My pleasure. <laughs> this, uh, I remember this you spy. talking, we talked about uh, this, the idea for this documentary many years ago. So this has been a long time. A long road for you, and that is typical. I mean, people need to understand. You know, in film and television, it takes a long time from when you put the idea down on paper to its actual, you know, to the actual uh, fruition. Um, so, where is where is the myth is Canada at right now in terms of its production?
3: Well, we actually haven't uh, haven't entered production at all, Richard. We're actually into crowdfunding we're up on Indiegogo. Uh, we'll be on there for uh, the next three three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then we're also doing uh, the funding up, up through the website itself. Indiegogo has kind of restricted people to credit card use only, so we've had to um, allow uh, for PayPal. And uh, e-transfer, et cetera, et cetera, on, uh, on through the website to help us with the crowdfunding on this. And we're picking up momentum, and I really appreciate you having me on your show tonight. Thank you very much. And it's kind of a treat now to do another two hours with you. The last time we did this was in 2008 when you were on
1: another radio station. ah there you go it's been that long. okay well we're <laughs> delighted to have you back and uh, well, thank I, you. I, I, uh, people again can go to nephelinefilms.com N-E-P-H-A-L-E-M, films.com and uh, in the about section uh, you'll note they'll notice another uh, recent guest on uh, on the conspiracy show he was also with me on uh, coast to coast and that's Alan Park as part of your team I, I'm not telling tales at of school he's on the website right That's true absolutely correct. Wow, you've got uh, quite a talent pool there at Nephilim Films. All right, so let's get to the uh, let's get to the uh, the the premise here of the film, and that is that Canada is not a lawfully established country. Now, I know you include in on on the website kind of an interesting uh, timeline that sort of breaks it down uh, year by year. Uh, but just what is it? What is it? Give us kind of an overarching idea, but what you mean when you say, we are not Canada, that is, is not a, law- a lawfully established country. What does that mean?
3: Well, Canada, they would have you believe, confederated in 1867. Uh, we're celebrating 150 years of this so-called confederation. Um, the problem that we have with that and, and that statement is that, uh, that I, I would ask the politicians, uh, simply, where are the Articles of Confederation? Um, when did the people and the provinces ratify these articles? And, uh, you know, it's that simple. And they don't have them. As a matter of fact, in 1982 hundred-plus years of Confederation, uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau decided that it was time to put a constitution together for Canada, and he went to a foreign government through a foreign queen, and uh, they passed an act in a foreign parliament that he brought back to Canada that was supposedly to be the constitution for Canada, hence making it a sovereign nation. Why would he have to do that in 1982 if it was already confederated in 1867? Interesting. So there's interesting. all these signs out there, um, Richard, that show that what they're telling you on one side is a fiction, and what they're doing on the other side is raping and pillaging while you're not paying attention.
1: I certainly, and, I certainly, I certainly want to get into that, because in the trailer uh, or the teaser uh, for, the, um, for the documentary, The Myth is Canada, and again the website nephilimfilms.com, uh, you you, 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 um, you include a, a snippet from a, uh, a news report back in 2016. Someone is reporting on the income disparity or the concentration of wealth in Canada. Uh, and they announced that 10 percent, the top 10 percent of Canadians own 50 percent of the wealth. Uh, and so presumably that has been achieved only because, again... Uh, you know, we are all being deceived. This is not a. We are not a sovereign country. We are. We are not citizens. Uh, we're chattel in a in a in a corporation. But I'm wondering how much of this has to do with the fact that we are. An, C- cards on the table. I'm not a fan of parliamentary democracy. I mean, this is the country that we live in, and you know, I love Canada and so forth. But uh, I'm, I've always been more of a fan of at least the idea, the concept. It doesn't it doesn't live out this way, but the idea of a limited democracy, a constitutional republic. Um, we're we're coming up on a break. When we come back, I just want to maybe get your sense of whether this is peculiar to parliamentary democracies. For example, is Australia Uh, a lawfully uh, established country, or do we all remain essentially colonies of Great Britain? And are we all sort of uh, chattel underneath the Queen, Queen Elizabeth? Doug Forrest, executive producer, director, writer, researcher at Nephilimfilms.com, and uh, the feature-length documentary, they're now in the crowdfunding phase, is called The Myth is Canada. This is The Conspiracy
0: Show. My name is Richard Serrett. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarratt on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Doug Force is with us. Executive producer of a
1: uh, a feature-length documentary film in pre-production. They're crowdfunding. We'll tell you more details. Uh, and It's called The Myth is Canada. And the the uh, the synopsis really is Canada is not a lawfully established country. We are not a sovereign sovereign country. We are essentially a, a corporation, a one large crown, crown owned corporation, and uh, the politicians are basically the board of uh, directors. I suppose. Uh, Doug Force is um, serves as writer, uh, researcher, director, and executive producer. Again, the myth is Canada. So before the break, Doug. How much of this has to do with just the parliamentary system and the fact that we are or were colonies of uh, of Great Britain?
3: Well, and that's just it, uh, uh, Richard. they uh, 1931 through the Statute uh, of Westminster uh, that voided the British North American Act and ended ended um, uh, London's or well Great Britain's reign on Canada as a colony and allowed it to confederate and allowed it to. Uh, seat a constitutional government, Um, what happened was, is that the people that were in Ottawa didn't want to give up their power to the people of Canada. And instead, they pretended like nothing changed. And so today, we have what they call a de facto uh, government, or an unlawful and illegal government. But because we, the people of Canada, have not understood what's going on around us, Uh, We have consented to that jurisdiction and to that government. And the problem we have is that all the provinces are sovereign nations unto themselves with de facto governments as uh, uh, today uh, running them when all we need to do, and it's quite simple, René Levesque in 1976 got a letter from a gentleman by the name of Walter Cool. that's up on the website when uh, Walter explained to René that he didn't need to separate from Canada because you can't have a divorce without first having a marriage and hence hold a constitutional convention in Quebec and seat it as your government and that's all you need to
1: do. So explain the difference between a de facto government, which is what you say we have in all 10 provinces and territories and, and federally we have de facto governments but we want what we want is a government de jour. Explain Correct. the and, difference. A de
3: facto government is a government, well, and a, the, the, the way that the government here in Canada was created um, it is that they just usurped the power of the people and uh, went to a foreign monarch, the Queen of England, and asked her to go into her parliament so that they could pass uh, a legislative charter called the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in 1982 that incorporated that entity. And uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, if you recall what was said on the news back in 1982, patriated that constitution. In other words, he took it to Canada for the first time. Um, Not repatriated, by the way. And in doing so, um, it bamboozled the people into believing that they had the right uh, to govern, and in reality, they had no right to do so by taking a foreign corporation and pretending to be the government of Canada, and then with the subcorps pretending to be the provincial governments, they have uh, used for control away from we the people of Canada and kept it for themselves.
1: And, when you uh, say themselves, uh, who, who do you mean? Whoever is, whoever is prime minister, who is ever in the, the oh, prime minister's office, who's ever in cabinet?
3: Oh, it goes beyond the politicians. Uh, themselves uh, would be, if you, look at the, if you look at the history of England, and you look at the, the, the House of Lords over there, and the very, uh, very court of the Queen, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and the owners of that corporation are them. They own... Uh, the corporation that was incorporated in 1982 by the UK Parliament. the politicians are just paid shills. they get their uh, they get their salaries for life they get health care for life they get uh, all of their family well taken care of for life and they get to take uh, as much as the taxpayer money as they can steal while they're while they're in power. I mean, What a quick example was that, uh, what was his name, Paul Martin, back in 1992. He owned the Canadian Steamship Company. And uh, in order for him to make some changes uh, when he was finance minister, uh, the IMF came to him and said, make some changes. He granted himself a $100 million uh, grant of taxpayer money to put into the Canadian Steamship Company so he could change the flag to Liberian flag and get the ships refitted
1: we have to say that was that happened allegedly right I mean we can't say that that happened how do we know that happened well actually he admits to it he admits he took a hundred million dollars from the well, I No, he,
3: didn't. he doesn't admit he took it he says it was granted it was a grant ah. uh, given to him for the uh, Canadian steamship company but that's just you know a person in power who can grant himself you know, when you apply for a grant through the government, right. um, and you can get monies—that's not a loan that they give you. It's, a, it's a monies that they give you to do certain things with. you your in sciences, or you're sure. in. So arts, you're
1: cetera, saying that he received a hundred million dollar grant from the IMF? Uh, no, not
3: from the IMF, from the Canadian taxpayer.
1: From the Canadian taxpayer. I'm sorry. In exchange for what? What?
3: Well, the IMF came to him and said. You know, in, in the finance, he was finance minister at the time, he yes. said, you're making an embarrassment of uh, the healthcare care systems around the world. It's, it turns out that Canada's healthcare care system was very, very well run, and it was run profitably. And the, the IMS said, you're, you're, you're embarrassing the United States, you're embarrassing England, France, and the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the world that has a health care system. What we'd like you to do is start cutting beds and increasing uh, the administration. Uh, cut jobs and beds and increase your administration which is what he did and he took a very uh, efficient system back in 1992 to what it is today, where there's lineups now for elective surgery. There's lineups now going into pretty much any emergency ward uh, on any night of the week. Um, and that was, if you, if you recall back in the late 80s and early 90s, you used to be able to go to emergency and get taken care of right away. Um, if you had problems uh, that you needed an operation, uh, you were usually, there was no waiting time. But now all that has changed. The administration is very top-heavy, while there's the rest of the um,
1: Well, one, one could argue that, that, that it's simply the nature of socialized medicine. It, it, all, <laughs> I mean, all government agencies become these synthetic beasts, and they just tend to— I mean, there's only two other jurisdictions in the world that have a similar health care system, and that's North Korea and Cuba, as far as I know. Uh,
4: well, and at the time
3: uh, when he did this, We'd been running our health care system since the 1960s right. very efficiently and, uh, and, all, uh, and profitably. And, and it was still for everybody. Hmm. But after that, uh, within okay. a few years of him getting his grant and, uh, and changing the way that that health care system was going to right. be run, it started to, started to run inefficiently. It is today, now very inefficient. Now, if he would have left it alone, we would have still had one of the top healthcare systems in the world.
1: How do we know about enough. the uh, this this uh, edict that came from the IMF? How do we how did you find out about that?
3: actually he actually said it in an interview. Um, a very long time ago I had been watching uh, one a, an old documentary and he had actually mentioned the IMF and in 1992 had uh, had had a chat with him. And I always thought that was funny uh, because he didn't actually say that the IMF said you need to change your health care system. But if you, if you follow what happened after the IMF had their chat and, uh, and go on to see how he got his grant of $100 million, and the health care system then started to get administratively heavy, and uh, the beds were being closed, there was hospitals being closed. I was out in Vancouver at that time, and they closed uh, three hospitals. Uh, from uh, 1992 through 1994, very large hospitals that were run very efficiently.
1: Well, there's no question. You know, we have we have serious problems uh, with just long term sustainability. With you know many of our, with many of our, um, asp- when, with many aspects of our social safety net. Let's put it that way. Uh, but uh, let's get let's get back to the premise that uh, that Canada is not. A a country. If we're not a sovereign country, then we are citizens. We are not citizens. We are. I, I described as as chattel of a corporation. Is that a fair analogy?
3: Only if you consent to that jurisdiction. You are actually. We are actually um, a landmass uh, with sovereign individuals. Every human being on the landmass, known as Canada, is actually a sovereign individual. We don't have a de jure government. And hence, uh, and hence we have a pirate ship, for lack of a better term, uh, controlling our, our day-to-day. And that's the sad part of this. And, and in the movie, what we're going to expose is just that and how it came about. But more than that, uh, Richard, we're actually going to show for the last uh, half hour, 40 minutes of the movie, how the individual can change that how we can seat a de jure government in each of the provinces, how we can all come together and do that. And, and then if, over time, they, once the de jure governments are seated in each province, if they want to create a federal authority from that, then the people of Canada uh, can actually create a federal authority for Ottawa if they want to. And once again, that would be done through a constitutional convention and then seating a de jure federal authority...
1: How would that change? Uh, for, I mean, you know, so we, we go to the polls every four-plus years. We elect members of parliament. Uh, they promise us one thing, and then they largely ignore us in between elections. Uh, that's pretty standard, you know, from country to country around the world. How are things? How would things differ if we had, instead of a de facto government, as, as uh, you refer to them, and we had a government du jour? I mean, for, I'm just trying to— place myself in the minds of our listeners saying, okay, de facto, de jour, what difference does it make? A politician is a politician.
3: Well, actually, um, under uh, a de jour government, uh, the politician uh, is only elected by the people, and if he fails to uh, initiate the people's mandate, there would be safeguards built within that constitution to ensure that he is relieved of his position, and that a by-election would be called, And another politician would be put in his position would be put in his place Um, today as you know the uh, the politicians once elected they're under no obligation to follow anything that they've said uh, to get elected or to listen to their constituents once elected if uh, if it goes against what uh, they uh, want to do Um, and
1: well there have been excuse me Doug I mean there have been examples um you know where we have you know for example provincial parties where we have a very strong grassroots underneath that you know underneath the sort of the party apparatus or informing party platforms and party policy if you you know if you if you join the the conservative party the provincial conservative party or and you attend meetings and so forth and you get involved in the process maybe I'm being naive here uh but uh i mean uh I mean, where else? Show me where else in the world where where um, an elected member is is responsible to his constituents after he's elected. I think most people the world over feel feel that you know that they are largely ignored.
3: United States of America. um, In all uh, forty-eight states, in the lower forty-eight states, uh, they can recall the politicians. And uh, if they're not following the mandate of the people, it's not done
0: very often no. because of the big, uh, the, there's only two political party systems down there right. at this time.
1: But, yeah, they tried to recall and, the governor of Wisconsin and, and um, it, it didn't work out. You're right. I mean, I have, we have seen that, at least the attempt. But uh, aren't there provinces here that have, do have recall? Doesn't Alberta have a recall mechanism? Um, actually, I was just—I'm trying to
3: find the case right now that was actually in Alberta,
1: yeah.
3: um, and the uh, the Alberta or the the, uh, the, the courts uh, ruled against uh, the people, saying that the politician had no uh, no standing. Right. I'm sorry, that uh, the people had no standing to tell the politician what to do after he was elected.
1: Well, that's an interesting point because you mentioned the, uh, the courts. And, if you, for example, if you look in the United States with a judiciary, and many of the, the appellate courts are incredibly liberal. Uh, you know, after eight years of a Democratic president, he has that. I mean, that's the greatest, that's the greatest power of a president, really, is to appoint uh, Supreme Court judges, appellate court judges that will, could sit and change and inform uh, policy for a generation uh, where, where we have seen, for example, um, uh, ballot initiatives in, in places like California. Um, I mean, I don't want to get you know political here, but this, I, I'm citing this as an example. In in California, they voted for a ballot initiative, uh, you know, recognizing sort of the sanctity of um, a woman and a man uh, getting married. Uh, that was the the will of the people in this ballot initiative. And again, I'm not making a commentary one way or the other. I'm citing it as as an example, and the courts overturned that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, I don't know what would, again, what would change? Okay, so we would have the ability to recall an MLA or a member of provincial parliament, as we call them in Ontario. What else would change?
3: Well, you've got to understand something here, Richard, that the Constitution that would be created would be created by the will of the people. Mm-hmm. And if the, if the will of the people says that if a politician doesn't follow uh, what the will of the people is, then he should be recalled, or it will be recalled, and he will lose his, uh, his status as a right. politician. And so it, these are all things that can be put into a Constitution. Whatever is put into the Constitution through constitutional conventions is the will of the people at the time that that is happening. Um, We can go on for the next three or four hours talking about all the various things that we can place in the Constitution. And I usually say to people, I say, look, if you're looking to find a good example of a, of a constitution, it's not a perfect example, right. but a good example of a constitution is the one in the United
1: States. Right. Oh, I agree. I, I agree. In principle, it's, it's one of the shining documents uh, of human history.
3: Exactly. And where it starts off with the, with the three most important words, we, the people.
1: Mm, interesting. Yes.
3: And, and that's the beautiful thing of that. Now, the federal constitution is to match all the state's constitutions. Now, they did make errors. Um, they allowed the United States to have two jurisdictions of law within its constitution, one constitutional common law and the other admiralty. And in 1878, they shifted the constitutional common law government into a constitutional admiralty government. And hence, the... Uh, it's been going downhill ever since, and this is why you get the courts being stacked with people that will work in favor of bigger government, but against the will of the people. Right, right. And, and so that's something that I'm actually, I, I, I addressed that in a documentary I was working on down there. It was called Bamboozled, the Reseeding of the Republic. Uh, a number of years ago, and then I was asked to leave because they didn't particularly want that information to go out to the 330 million.
1: (laughs) All right, Doug, hold Um, on. We've got the music coming up, which means it's uh, just time to step away for a moment. And uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll talk about the Canadian Constitution. Doug says it's not a constitution because it constitutes nothing. We'll find out what that means. Doug Force, Nephilimfilms.com. And the documentary is called The Myth
0: is Canada. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. In a democracy, we elect officials so we can sleep at night. So why are you up? 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740 You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett Heard every Sunday night from 11pm to 1am on Zoomer Radio the new AM740 You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio
1: Welcome back uh, Doug Forrest is with us, executive producer of The Myth Is Canada. They are in the crowdfunding phase, uh, pre-production, I suppose. And um, the, uh, the synopsis of the, uh, or the hypothesis, really, of this documentary is that Canada is not a lawfully established country. And uh, we are essentially a, uh, adrift uh, sort of caught between we used to be a colony uh, but the the constitution was not ratified by the people uh, so it's essentially been the whole system has been, has been hijacked um, and so when, when the prime minister for example uh, swears allegiance to the queen and not the people of Canada does that mean that the that we are essentially owned by the crown. We're not owned by anybody. We're not owned
3: um, by anybody. Okay. Uh, ideally, I mean, I can get into the uh, into the intricacies of how they,
1: they bamboozle. Doug, us. let me just jump in. Are you want Are you want a hands free? Could I get you? If so, could you pick up the handset? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. There, I, we oh, go. there we go. Hundred percent. Yeah. Sorry,
3: I had the microphone <laughs> in another position. Um, so what I was saying is that, uh, is that uh, the people are all sovereign, but they, they get tricked into believing that, they, that this is a, a lawful government. Okay. And by accepting it, they go ahead and do uh, what, what they need to, to do to survive. And, uh, you know, through licensing, uh, the government requires you to be licensed to do this or licensed to do that, or uh, the income tax, uh, the, the, the GST, the HST, the, the all of these other things, all the, the licensing fees and everything else is just a money grab. I mean, you pay 35% of your income towards the government that uh, has no allegiance to you
1: whatsoever. What, what, but how much of that has to do with the fact that we are uh, – I mean, even though we have conservative parties, they're not really that conservative. We have – we are essentially kind of a – we tend to be more of a European-style socialist country. I mean, and that's what happens under a socialist regime. We get taxed and they yeah, spend. Was, and, that
3: was what was cast upon us. Yeah. Um, Given the opportunity to seat a de jure government Mm. through our constitution uh, and creating our own constitution, um, that would have, may not have uh, have taken place. But even if it did take place, it would have been the will of the people, not the will of a foreign uh, uh, government. And the problem that we have is that they entice you in with this great, Oh, look, we're giving you free health care. Oh, look, we're doing this, we're doing that for you. And slowly over time, as you can see, austerity, last government, Mr. Harper said, austerity, must. we must embrace austerity here in Canada. And the first thing Trudeau said when he took government, we must embrace austerity when he took government. So now they're taking away all these wonderful little perks we've had. And, and, and it, it, in order to, well, what, what happens when a government starts removing uh, the good things uh, that uh, that uh, make it a good country? Well, that's
1: about control. Right. So, what does it mean then when the prime minister is sworn in and he pledges allegiance to the queen? You're saying that we are not really we're not owned by the queen. It's 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 not uh, a, a crown corporation. It is a
3: crown corporation because it was it was created. The Charter of Rights and Freedoms is just that. It is a charter of a corporation that was created by the uh, UK Parliament, and uh, because don't forget that it's a constitutional monarchy in the United or in the United Kingdom. Yes, and hence it would be a crown corporation. What's interesting is this: is that uh, the the Governor General, the Prime Minister, and the Chief Justice of Canada are considered the right honorables, and and. What are the right honorable? Who who do they have allegiance to? They are responsible for their actions to the British Crown and and the British government. Right. This is why when they're when sworn into their respective offices, they pledge their allegiance to a foreign monarch, Queen Elizabeth of Great Britain.
1: Yes, they do. Yes, they do.
3: But they have no allegiance
1: to us. But don't they also do that in Australia? Uh, Don't they also do that in uh, any number of other uh, former? Uh, British colonies now part of the Commonwealth yes they do
3: and but we're here in Canada I'm not in Australia otherwise it would be the myth of Australia or the myth of New Zealand if I was there
1: right but, but what but I'm saying is it's the here. same situation there similar not the same they don't have the they, they don't have government de jour's they have de facto governments
3: it's similar to what we're going through here um, but not the same uh, okay. we were lucky When the Statute of Westminster was created, we had a gentleman by the name of R. Rogers Smith, who was in Ottawa at the time and a good friend of Mackenzie King, and and he wrote the three uh, main clauses that applied to Canada uh, that were in the Statute of Westminster. And Mackenzie King took those with him to uh, London, and the English Parliament adopted them as, as R. Rogers Smith had written. In that, with uh, with those clauses put in, we were basically cast uh, uh, cast at sea. In other words, the uh, British North American Act and the British Parliament and the Queen had no more claim on Canada, and Canada was uh, was freer than Australia, or New Zealand, or any of the other um, uh, so-called colonies. Um, the way that they, they wanted. Let
1: the me, sorry. This is was, a short segment, uh, Doug. So uh, again, we have the music sorry. coming up. We'll, we'll uh, take another quick timeout, come back, and uh, I do want to get to that question about uh, we do not have a constitution because it constitutes nothing. Let's find out about that. Doug Forrest, Nephilim Films, The
0: Myth is Canada. Stay with us. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. To see the light, call Richard now at 416-360-0740. Or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416 416- 360-0740 or toll-free at one 740 4740 Welcome back. Doug Force, executive producer of The Myth is Canada.
1: We are not a lawfully established country. And um, the, uh, the documentary is in pre-production. They are in the crowdfunding phase. Give us the details on that, Doug, how people can uh, contribute to the production of this controversial film.
3: There's a Donate button on the top right-hand corner, and you can go there and uh, you can uh, give us uh, donations through uh, PayPal, e-transfer. Um, actually, we, t- we accept Bitcoin and Ethercoin as well.
1: Nephilimfilms.com. Nephilimfilms. Let me spell that. N-E-P-H-A-L-E-M. Nephilim. Just like in the Book of Enoch and the Genesis, Nephilimfilms.com. All right. Uh, I'd asked you about the uh, the constitution. You're saying it, we don't have a constitution. It constitutes nothing. So what does it? It delineates powers, though, doesn't it?
3: Well, what it does it, it does apply to uh, uh, under under section 32, one. Um, the charter applies to a the Parliament and government of Canada, and b the legislature legislature and the government of each province, and that's all it applies to. Doesn't apply to you and I or any other. Canadian person, and so how can we have a constitution that would, would be a law of the land supposedly that doesn't apply to us?
0: Hmm.
1: So it's the wording has been crafted as such to exclude uh, to exclude the citizens.
3: It doesn't include you. How can you be a citizen of something that you're not included in? If you were to claim uh, uh, protection under the Constitution in a court of law, you <laughs> it doesn't apply to you. You don't have its protection in their courts.
1: Not even under the Charter. That's the, that's where that comes from. Thirty-two,
3: one of the Charter says very specifically. It applies to the parliament and the government of Canada and, B, to the legislature and
1: the government of each province. But, but when, an individual, when an individual feels like a particular law infringes upon his or her individual rights, they can take that to court. They can go all the way up to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So isn't that exercising you know, our rights under the Charter?
3: Um, I, it brings to mind, I was at the um, the, the final um, press conference for uh, Comer uh, this year, uh, where they um, released the information from the Supreme Court after they fought uh, throughout the courts here in Ontario, through the um, provincial Supreme Court, and then off through the federal courts and into uh, the Supreme Court of Canada.
1: I'm sorry, did you say the Omar Carter case? No, the, the Comer. Oh, Comer, the, um, case. Comer oh, oh, case. Oh, this is regarding the Bank of Canada Act. And right. They, I wanted to ask you wanted, about that, yeah.
3: Yeah, they wanted their rights under the under under the charter that that, that when they were they said why can't we use the Bank of Canada as it was chartered for the people of Canada to issue money without interest?
1: Right. In other and words, the government point. is ignoring the Bank of Canada Act. They are they've circumvented it ever since I guess Trudeau was sort of tricked into um, sort of hitching our wagon to the Bank of International Settlements so that we, we, instead of borrowing from the Bank of Canada at very low interest or zero interest, and the municipalities and provincial governments and the federal government can all do this. This is how we built the St. Lawrence Seaway. This is how we funded our our war effort in the Second World War. This is how we paid for many of our social programs. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was all done away with in the early or mid-1970s. And so Rocco Galata... Uh, has been uh, representing this group all the way to the Supreme Court, arguing that the government is—you know—they are—they're betraying the Canadian Canadian citizens because they are ignoring the Bank of Canada Act. Anyway, sorry, I, I needed to give it some context. But,
3: well, that's okay. I was going to do that anyway. Um, and the, the final decision came down that he was—they they, they sued to have the politicians to make the politicians do this, and the the Supreme Court of Canada said (laughs) that they weren't going to hear it because it was a political issue.
1: I wanted to bring um, uh, my, uh, one of my producers here, Ryan, uh, because you were looking, well, we were talking about recall earlier. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was Alberta that had recall, but Ryan, what did it's you find out? Idea.
4: Yeah, British Columbia in 91, they had a general election and they also had a referendum where about 80% of the population of the voters voted to in favor of having recalls okay. on if they were upset and uh, it passed as legislation in 95 years later.
1: Okay, so yeah. th- would that mean then, uh, Doug, that British Columbia now has a government de jour?
3: No, the recall that if you if you actually go read what the recall is that they created out in British Columbia, it's almost, not quite, but almost impossible to do, and they did it to placate the masses, but they made it so onerous to that it. it, it becomes almost an impossibility to fulfill a recall. As a matter of fact, a number of times it has been tried in, in British Columbia, and uh, they're yet to, to, to my knowledge anyways, they're yet to uh, ever have used it. They've tried to use it, but they've yet never actually been able to.
1: All right, let's grab a quick call here. Uh, William is in Toronto. Good evening. Good morning, William.
4: I, uh, I would like to ask about the notwithstanding clause in the Constitution, that means if uh, you go against them and they, they don't like it, they say, no, we don't like it because of notwithstanding clause, and right. we don't have to give this, any reason. This is
1: parliamentary supremacy, they yeah, can overrule the Supreme, Supreme Court. And
4: Court have to give any reasons, they can decide on whatever they want, and without any reasons. And also, uh, everyone has to accept the uh, Constitution, all the provinces. Quebec has not accepted it, so we don't have one.
1: Excellent point. All right. What about the notwithstanding clause? Well, and, and once again, now we're
3: getting into um, uh, what an attorney could tell you, and I, I, I don't hold. That hat. I am, I am not an attorney, and so I don't get into the breakdown of the law itself. Uh, within within there, I mean, there's certain clauses that we can look at that we understand. But the, you know, the overview on that would be: if they, if they have that, they can do whatever they want. Once again, that constitution doesn't apply to you.
1: Right. In, in those rare instances, the parliament could override the supreme court, uh, which you know. I'm in, in part, I'm not opposed because we, we do have a very advocate uh, – we have a, a Supreme Court that's – they're advocates, right? They're not – I don't – but then you could say, well, are they – what are they interpreting? They're, they're interpreting the Constitution, but we don't really have a Constitution. So what does it matter?
3: Well, then that's just it. We, we, we go into their courts uh, with attorneys, and the definition of an attorney is to bring the person or its property onto the state. And as soon as you hire an attorney, the court deems you incompetent. So how is that fair play? Hmm. Uh,
1: Speaking of the Constitution, one of the things uh, and and the charter that I uh, and I know that this was, I believe, something that um, Harper wanted to do. And I believe um, the new conservative leader has talked about it, and that is instilling property rights in the Constitution. We don't have property rights as individuals in this country, do we?
3: Did up until 1931.
1: We did, okay.
3: And the problem that we had, okay, if you look at what the Dominion was from 1867 to 1931, um, most of southern Ontario sits under land patent that was issued by uh, the Crown in England uh, to uh, the, 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 what they had at that time were British subjects or British citizens. And they have land patents that cover pretty much. Uh, all of southern Ontario. Um, Toronto, up until, I guess it's where Front Street, um, uh, beyond Front Street going down to the water, uh, that's a re- reclaimed land. But the, the land patent is allodial title. which It's, means it's what?
1: What did you call it?
3: Allodial title. What does that mean? It means that you own your property from the soles of your feet to the center of the earth, from the top of your head to the outer reaches of the atmosphere. How much better or how much uh, of, of property rights do you want? You can't get a higher value of property rights other than a Lodial. Lodial is the highest value of property rights you can have.
1: Interesting, okay. Yeah,
3: but in 1931 that all changed, why? Because we no longer had a de jure, even though we were a colony, even though we were a dominion, but we had a de jure governance. After 1931, that ended.
1: Well, my understanding is that we, unless you specify, you don't own the mineral rights. In other words, you don't own what's under the soil. And in certain areas, the the Ministry of Natural Resources or 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 um, the Ministry of Mines or whatever it's called uh, can come onto your property. They could they could trespass and they could start. You know, if let's say they wanted to take core samples to see what's on under your under the ground. They could do that. Is that true?
3: Yeah, but not here's the problem, uh, 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 Richard. Is that the property that you have today you don't own. How can you tell you don't own it? Try not paying your property taxes. It's not your property. It it doesn't belong to the de facto government, but the de facto government has created property taxes that say to you, if you don't pay these, we will come and confiscate your property. Gee whiz, how come how is that fair? In the United States, we'll go across the border and we see down there they have property taxes. But it was done in favor of a government that was elected and the people actually voted for the politicians that instituted these property taxes and they were very specific as to what the property taxes could be for. And if you go from the various states under the Jujur government, each state and each city and each municipality, et cetera, et cetera, down there, they all have property taxes, but they're not all the same across every state across Every every state line, et cetera, et cetera, but in the provinces of, of uh, British Columbia, across uh, all the way across Canada, they're pretty much homogenized.
1: Right. You give an when example, you an college, illustration of you go that. To Vancouver, I'll give you an illustration of that. In, in, in California, uh, uh, they have a, an initiative where they're actually thinking about if, if you don't have a child in public school, they will okay. remove that portion from your property tax. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying, you know, about uh, La La Land, California, um, you know, the, the Bolsheviks that are running things out there. But, you know— one part of me thinks, hey, that's a you know, why should a senior that has as that's trying to stay in their house that has put six kids through the school system, but also they have, you know, they've moved on now in their life, they're in another phase. Why should they continue to pay into the public school system? So you're, that illustrates your point. It's not uniform in the United States. In California, they're thinking about taking the the school portion, public school portion, off the property tax stay with us Doug we're delighted uh, you're staying with the f- with us for the full two hours we'll, uh, we'll take phone calls as well in the second hour and I also want to talk to you about uh, some interesting comments by our newly minted Prime Minister well not newly minted uh, some call him the boy king a colleague down the street a broadcaster does and I love it alright Doug Forrest The Myth is Canada back with more in a moment
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for
1: inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Howdy to all of you listening in on our flagship station, Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM, here in the Liberty Village neighborhood of Toronto. Hi to those of you hearing The uh, Conspiracy Show on one of our affiliate stations across North America. The podcast, of course. Uh, Check it out at talkzone.com. The Conspiracy Show app and the Zoomer Radio app, both free downloads. And, of course, those of you catching this program on the live YouTube stream and those of you loyal supporters who join us every week in the the live chat on YouTube, please take a moment and hit the uh, subscribe button on our YouTube channel. We're trying to get to 10,000, and we're, uh, we're around, what is it, Albert, about 6,200, I think, uh, at last count. Uh, Doug Force is, uh, is with us. He is the executive producer of a, of a documentary film in the pre-production stage. It's called The Myth is Canada, with a very fascinating, controversial uh, premise, and that is Canada is not what you think. Uh, it's, a, it's a myth, as the name implies. We are not a, a lawfully enacted country. Uh, we do not have a, a constitution ratified by the people. We don't have a government for the people, a government du jour. We have de facto governments that basically can do whatever they want without any accountability. That won't come as news to most people. But what underlies that, the mechanism by you know that, that allows for this uh, t- tyranny, I suppose, um, is um, is what this film exposes. The myth is Canada, and if you want to take part and, and help bring this movie. Uh, to the screen, you can go to NephilimFilms.com, uh and they are running a crowdfunding um, uh, effort, and there's a donate button. Uh, so go to Nephilim Films, N E P H A L E M films.com and, uh, and help them out. Uh, Doug Force, again, executive producer, writer, researcher, and director. Um, can I ask how, mu- how much um, you're, you're trying to raise in this crowdfunding?
3: We're looking at, uh, to raise half a million Canadian dollars, um, and uh, that would put us into theaters uh, for next uh, September. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. Uh, the money will, 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 will be, all of it will be spent uh, creating uh, creating this movie. Sure. Um, and, uh, and so that's what we're looking
1: to do. That's pretty, you know, that, uh, people think that's a lot of money, and it is, certainly. But, you know, to make a high-quality, um, full-length feature, you know, that's not, that's, you're doing it, um, not on the cheap, but, I mean, it's going to be, all the money, as you say, is going to be poured into what we see on the screen is going to be reflected by, you know, the, the donations. So, oh, absolutely. So um, you, you're going, to, have you interviewed any former governors general or lieutenant, lieutenant governors?
3: Yeah. Not at this time, no. uh, Richard. We 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 gave our focus to getting uh, the word out first of all for what we're doing, and secondly, we're we're really pushing to get the crowdfunding done. Right. Um, I don't want to um, start doing interviews uh, with these people by tipping our hand too quickly, <laughs> right, 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 as to what's coming. You but, know? You, um, but
1: no doubt, in part of your research, you've talked to constitutional attorneys, or you...
3: oh, I have indeed,
1: yeah. And, and what do they make of this premise? Does, does some scoff at it? Does some a, a, a agree to it?
3: Every, every single one of them said, no, you're crazy. That can't be.
1: Every single one.
3: Every right. single one. But they'll forget. They make their living uh, making sure that we don't find out the truth. If, I, I, had a, I had a wonderful meeting. friend of a friend um, he's, he's an extremely well-known attorney here in, uh, in Ontario. Um, he's a litigating attorney, and uh, I sat down with him one afternoon, and we had a chat about what we were doing, and he laughed and laughed, and I said, I'd love to have you, i love to put you on camera, and love to ask you a few questions, and he, he, he went very pale at that point, and mm-hmm. said, no.
1: I, I can think of one attorney who probably is totally on side, because you mentioned the Comer case, and this was to do with the Bank of Canada Act, and we've had Rocco Colati on this program, I had him on coast-to-coast, mm-hmm. caused caused quite a stir there. Uh, what is, if you've talked to Rocco Galati, what does he make of this?
3: Well, I actually, uh, I had uh, mentioned uh, only in passing to Rocco, and, and I suggested that uh, uh, because we, we were at the, uh, at the press conference, uh, the last press conference they had for, for Comer, and I suggested that at some point in the not-too-distant future, if he would be interested to sit down on camera and we could do an interview, he gave me his card and said, give me a call. So I will be doing that.
1: Right. Um, any any politicians, former MPs that you've talked to, for example, someone you mentioned the Comer case. So let's 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 talk about the uh, the Honorable Paul Hellier. Um, what does he make of this? If you, if, if you if you've talked to him.
3: I actually uh, never mentioned the myth as Canada to him. I did actually go see him speak um, earlier this year. Uh, very interesting because he was uh, there to talk about uh, the Bank of Canada, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I did go up, and I congratulated him for that, but I never, never did mention the myth at, at, at that time simply because he, there were so many other people around that he was busy. He's 93 years
1: old as well. Indeed, indeed, but still sharp as a whip. Remarkable. <sighs>
3: He is, and and he is definitely somebody that we would like to speak with, uh, and I do have uh, contact that uh, that can get us there for that. So,
1: um, I mentioned uh, you know some some interesting things that, that uh, uh, our current uh, prime minister has uh, mm-hmm. s- said, uh, and um, he referred to Canada. You probably heard this as the first post nation state. Uh. Basically meaning, you know, we are – Canadians like to, you know, young millennials like, oh, we're citizens of the world and we're – you know, this is just – this is the – an admission from an out-and-out globalist. And I don't have a lot of time for globalists. I think, you know, if you're not – if you don't buy into the idea of a nation state, I have a serious problem with you. Uh, You know, I'm not one of these one-worlders who believe – who doesn't believe in borders – you know, these open, you know, no-border people, uh, and that's sort of George Soros' whole game, you know, no borders, mm-hmm. it drives me insane. It's it's traitorous. Well, let, me, let me
3: let me respond to that by, by saying there's – I'm going to talk about the three elements of sovereignty and to show you just what it is to have a – as your government, so the three elements of sovereignty are land under your feet, uh, the, the ability to raise a military, and uh, the ability to issue your own currency. Right, correct, correct. So, in Ottawa, the parliament buildings sit on land, but who owns the land?
1: You it's tell number me. one. You tell element. me. Doug, who owns that land?
3: is under dispute. The Algonquin Indians and the province of Ontario own that land, right. where it's under dispute between the province of, uh, uh, of Ontario and the Algonquin Indians. But the province of Ontario collects 2.7 million dollars a year in rent from the federal authority every year. So when Mr. Trudeau says that we are not a nation-state, he isn't lying. We're not.
1: Right, right. <laughs> But I, I think He's what he meant—he meant—he meant yes, he was telling the truth. But he was also, you know, meaning it. We are a post-nation state, meaning you know we're not. Another term that gets thrown around a lot these days is uh, enlightened sovereignty, uh, which basically means well we're globalists. We don't believe in the nation state, but we're not going to tell you that. So in the, in sort of it's the old gradual gradualist strategy, incrementalism. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll start calling it, we'll start referring to it as uh, enlightened sovereignty because enlightened sovereignty leads ultimately to, you know, no sovereignty. Well, and do you know where sovereignty comes from, uh, Richard? The sovereign, uh, the crown. No. No?
3: Sovereignty comes from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Ah. And God created man, and God created man in his own image. And God gave man dominion over the earth. Mm. All that creepeth on its surface, flieth in its skies, and swimmeth in its ocean. What's dominion?
1: What's dominion?
3: What, what, what is meant by dominion?
1: Um, all land under God, I guess?
3: No. It, it, well, you have, we, if we have dominion, we are the highest authority on planet Earth. Right, right. Okay. And we are given that by God. But right. because we are finite beings, we, we live. For, we're born and then we die. So, what has he endowed us with? He has endowed us with unalienable rights.
1: Correct, correct. Which we have sort of totally lost in this country.
5: rights—they're
1: the rights of a sovereign. That's right, right. They so can't we be—they weren't created no by man, and they can't be the taken. Yeah.
3: The only entity in the universe that can take
1: that away from us is God himself. That's right. And that's the problem we have in this country. And you, and you can, you can you see it and hear it everywhere where people refer to everything that we have uh, as a privilege uh, and not understanding that privileges uh, are created by man, they could be taken away by man. And this to me is a very scary idea. Uh, so when you remove a creator out of the equation, there are no more inalienable rights. Uh, there are just privileges so we exist at the, uh, the behest of governments, which is just, De facto government, not yeah. de jure. Right.
3: Once again, and, and when people say government, then people lose what really it is, and it isn't. De facto government isn't. De jure government is.
1: All right, let's uh, grab a phone call. Our uh, good friend media scientist Nelson Thal, who will be on the program uh, next week, is uh, joining the conversation. Nelson, welcome. How are you, my friend?
6: Thanks, uh, Rich. Very good. It's it's a great topic, and um, we've always said Canada's a colony, uh, certainly of the British Crown, and they owned all the land here. Is what we always said. But Doug
1: is disputing that. We're we're not. We're no longer a colony. We're just sort of. A, we're a, well. We well. You explain, Doug. I'm not going to put words in your mouth.
6: Well, the thing is, every peace officer still takes an oath to Her Majesty and the Privy Council. Is Mike Pitfield was the one who, on behalf of the, Her Majesty, in effect, uh, ran our government. And, and, and remember, the Queen's prorogued Parliament, so they can't do business without her approval.
1: All right, Doug, uh, respond.
6: Because it's her corporation.
3: Don't forget it is a crown corporation. Let me read you something very quickly here. From the statute of Westminster, Section 11 of the statute raises each province of Canada from a position of colony to that of a sovereign state. Section 11 is as follows. Meaning of colony in future acts, notwithstanding anything in the Interpretations Act 1889, the expression colony shall not in any act of parliament of the United Kingdom passed after... After the commencement of this act, being the Statute of Westminster, include a Dominion or any province or
0: state forming any part of a Dominion. All right, we'll, well
6: allow that was, to resonate, all Nelson. I, I got Everybody takes an oath to the Queen. That's from true. The Privy Council down, and that means they uh, they obey her. She. All right,
1: Nelson and uh, Doug, hold on. We'll take a time out, We'll come back. Nelson, hold on, and we'll uh, continue this conversation. On the other side, the myth is Canada.
0: Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Programming note. Next week on this
1: transmission, Billy Carson will be here to talk about the uh, secret space program. Uh, and uh, also Nelson Thal, media scientist, will be here to talk about synthetic clones and doubles. Some speculation that um, the, uh, the first lady, Melania Trump, what we're seeing, or uh, the, the person that we're seeing uh, on news clips and so forth, uh, could be a synthetic clone or a double. Uh, and uh, coincidentally, not coincidentally, Nelson Thal is uh, is on the line with us right now as we continue to converse with executive producer, independent filmmaker Doug Force about his new project, "The Myth Is Canada." Uh, so, Nelson, you were um, you were talking to Doug, uh, you're asking Doug, um, well, stating your case that we are a colony, and so now I've, I've gone and confused myself again. Doug, are we a colony, or are we a corporation, or are we both?
3: sovereign peoples on a landmass known as Canada, and the corporation that was uh, done in 1982 is de facto governance over, over us at this time through our consent. And I'll ask uh, the gentleman this. I said, he, 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 yes, the police, yes, the politicians, they all swear allegiance to the Queen. But where is the documentation that shows that we, the people of Canada, have given our sovereignty over
1: to her? And you're saying it doesn't exist? Correct. It does not exist. Okay. But she still owns everything, doesn't she? Nope. No? Okay.
3: Well, she owns it because she's de facto at this time. We see de jure government. They can't stand, and hence, where does the ownership come? It comes
1: back to who it actually belongs to, us. All right. Nelson, did you want to respond to that?
6: But, Doug, for laws to get made, and uh, it, it can't be made without her consent... And if we want to put through some laws that aren't going to gain her consent, you can't sue her in the courts here. You can't sue her in the courts. So she's above the law. There's no doubt about it. It's not a matter of debatable interpretation. Right now, she's above the law. You can't go into a court in Canada and sue the Queen.
3: Here's the, here's the problem that, you, that you're going through, Malcolm. Is that it's
1: you're Nelson, Nelson.
3: Inside the box, yeah. and I'm, I'm talking about what's going on outside the box. When you create a constitution for a de jure government, you're not standing in the box. You're not asking permission of a de facto government to create a de jure government. You're actually going ahead and creating a de jure government to the detriment of that de facto government. There, Doug, they can't Doug, you do seen, anything.
6: Doug, have you seen the Yes Prime Minister? Have you seen Humphrey there? And yep. the control, through, control. The, through the Privy Council, through the law societies and through, et cetera, the, the Privy Councils, Her Majesty's Privy Councils, the lines of power are – for people who are power scientists, the lines of power and force are right there. You can see it. Well, I think
1: I don't think Doug is uh, – forgive me, Doug, but I, uh, just to sort of expedite things, I don't think you're disagreeing with Nelson in principle, but you're saying that, that that power that they have is de facto. It's not du jour, and we can quickly reverse that if we wanted to. Correct.
3: That's absolutely correct, and, and Malcolm, you, 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 what, you're, what, you're, what you are saying, you're standing inside the box. That's what I'm saying, and, and what I'm saying is we stand outside the box. We don't, we don't need to ask their permission. As a matter of fact, we are the sovereigns. We, they, at best, need to ask our permission. And by the way, if you ever go to court or you ever get pulled over or you get, a, a, get asked by a police officer, what's the first thing they ask you for? Your permission. How are they doing that? They're asking for your name. They need your consent to proceed against you. If they didn't, if it was de jure, they could simply put put you uh in in handcuffs and take you to jail, could they not? Hmm. Interesting. Well they do that.
1: Yeah, if you don't present identification, they can charge you with vagrancy, can't they?
6: Well, and then once again they go to Doug, court. Doug, they went, went into they my house to... without a search permit and, and just arrested me.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean that the, the whole idea, though, is that you've consented to their jurisdiction at some point in order for them to proceed against
6: you. When you showed up in court, just by showing up, right, don't even know, have aren't we mincing masturbate. words here? Aren't we mincing words? The power of the crown is enormous. She's above the law and she can do what she likes. You don't want to. You want to know. You don't want to get in her way. Only if you consent to
3: her. That's the only way that she can proceed against you. They can't proceed against
1: you through non-consent. Yeah, I, I that
6: wouldn't. I wouldn't, on and that
1: theory, though, <laughs> I wouldn't advise anyone to try and test that theory, though, Doug. I wouldn't advise anyone to try and test that theory.
6: Doug, you live in Canada. <laughs> I do. Oh,
1: okay. Many years. All right, uh, Nelson. Before I let you go, just to give us a quick, yes. uh, a quick uh, tease, you're coming on the program next week to talk about uh, synthetic clones and doubles and so forth.
6: Yes, I mean the use of doubles is an old fashion thing now. And of course, technology is used to do it. The uh, Many of the great men in through history had doubles and Churchill had a double. Bruce West wrote a book about it, a Toronto Star journalist. So they've all got doubles and the technology's there. We're going to talk about what technologies are available to them and what they're doing right now with that technology.
1: Excellent. Nelson, looking forward to it. Thank you, my friend.
6: You're welcome. Thanks a lot.
1: All right. Uh let's see now. Uh, I've lost my screener here temporarily. Uh is that is that is that a different William online one he was with us earlier wasn't he? No, this is a different William. All right, William, welcome.
4: One if it's okay with you. Sorry? It's the same William if I can proceed. Oh, it's not a, a it's good.
1: not a different one. It's the same one. I just I think one call per, uh, per, per show William. I'm I apologize, but I okay, think we, next we time, I appreciate. You. Okay, thank you. All right. So, let's uh, let's get into uh, Doug, about how we can uh get rid of a de facto government or this system of de facto governments and get back to government du jour as it was what prior to 1931, correct? Well, in, prior
3: to 1931, we were a colony. We we, we were sovereign, uh, but we get, had our sovereignty allegiance to the Queen at that time because we were
1: all British subjects. Right, okay. But okay. isn't that better so than we where we're at our now? sovereignty with her. Isn't that better than where we're at now?
3: Where we're at now is we're position because we we, we are not sharing our sovereignty with anybody. We are the sovereigns, and we can create a sovereign du jour government.
1: Okay, how do we do that? Let's start with the provincially.
3: Funny enough, we're going to teach that in the film, but in a a, a simplified version, you really just hold constitutional convention. And what I suggest that we'll be doing in the film is, that we, we do it at a grassroots level so that a neighborhood could get together and hold a constitutional convention on one street and then the next street and the next street. They will all hold their own constitutional convention. And then they'll get together as a neighborhood and create a constitution that they'll take to the next neighborhood. And it builds from there. And it really becomes a groundswell where you would think, oh, it's going to take forever to do that. Actually, once it starts, it's like a, it's like a grass fire in the prairie in the middle of summer. Once it starts, it just continues to grow as, at an enormously fast rate. And the next thing you know, the province is voting for a constitution to seat a de jure government. At which point, if it passes, you have a de jure uh, government to be elected. Um,
1: but you're, but it, when you say if it passes, passes by whom? The legislature?
3: Oh, no, the people of the province. So the constitutional committee that will create. That would take the, the, the constitutions from all the various neighborhoods into the various cities, into the various towns, into the various municipalities, will refine, refine, refine all of that down to a singular constitution that will go to vote for the will of the people across that province. And it depends on what the constitution will say as what would be the majority vote. You could have it at a 50% majority vote, you could have it at a 75% majority vote, like they do in the U.S., or you could have it at 100% majority, vote, if you so choose. Once that majority is reached, the Constitution stands in law. Now you have what they call law of the land rather than law of the sea admiralty, which we have today.
1: But who's going to recognize that? We the people. All right. But what if the de facto government ignores it, which I would be inclined to think would happen? They would say, well, we don't recognize that.
3: Fine. They, they're allowed to not recognize uh, what we have, because don't forget that the police uh, that the de facto government used to have on their side helped us create, because they were participants within the constitutional creation. So those same police officers can be brought under the de jure government and have the de facto government arrested if it decides not to go gently into that good night.
1: It's a wonderful fantasy, but isn't it just that? I mean, I... I is that, how is Stranger that Stranger things have happened. Do you, yeah. you recall in in, in seventeen
3: seventy six there were the thirteen crazy little colonies in 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 the United uh, that were that were going to become the United States of America, right. and they decided to take on the largest empire in the world at that time. So, but only three percent of them decided to take it on, and they beat them.
1: Right, and that was a revolution, though. That was a, wild, that, was a fantasy. that was revolution, though. I mean, you're not advocating revolution, are you?
3: I'm not that the that the gun, do you have to take out the gun? I'm saying that the actual pen here in Canada is much mightier than any sort could ever possibly be. Hmm.
1: Here's the oh, other problem. There's
3: a John F. Kennedy that said if you can't have peaceful revolution,
1: you'll definitely have a bloody revolution. Right, right. But I don't know. I don't sense the mood for that in this country because, you know, we may be, we may not be a country, but most people I mean there are obviously there's there's some problems in this country there are some issues but most people by and large are pretty well off pretty comfortable uh, the, the, really? the system works for most people doesn't it mm. <laughs> uh, you'd be
3: surprised uh, Richard the amount of people that have, have been contacting uh, me through this process and I just thought you know okay we'll get one or two we're getting literally avalanches of uh, people going, finally, finally, somebody is standing up to say something. There's definitely something wrong. And and, and people from, you know, it doesn't matter what walk of life they're in. Uh, my bank teller um, had, I, I, I gave her the information for Ghost, uh, Goat, go Check Us Out. Not only did she, the next time I go to the bank, she said, Not only did I check you out, but I, I gave it to my mom, my dad, my brothers, and they've all gone on. And so it's catching on that we know there's something wrong here in Canada, and now we, with with the is Canada coming out the way it's coming out, people are going to be able to say, oh, that's what's wrong, and there's a peaceful way to take it all back.
1: Well, oh, I'm 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 overjoyed to hear that. I mean, I'm I, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm very hopeful. You know, all right, this is certainly would be my wish because I I agree there is something wrong. Um. I, my, I guess the way that I interpret what's wrong is I just think that we have globalists in charge of this country. Where, you know, we, the, that this whole populist movement—and I don't think it's going to die—and and, um, love or hate Trump, he's a manifestation of that. We also have a populist movement pushing back now in Europe, in places like Poland, uh, in in uh, in Hungary, Hungary Czechoslovakia. in, in Czechoslovak in the Czech Republic. Uh, that recently passed their own Second Amendment. Can you believe that? Uh, Mm -hmm. And also in, uh, well, certainly in the opposition in places like Holland. There is a populist uprising. There is a populist mood sweeping the globe, but it seems to have entirely bypassed our country because we are a post-nation state, apparently.
3: (laughs) Well, and it, it hasn't bypassed. The conservative people are very conservative, as you know, and the, and the liberals, or um, well, the, the the liberal people, um, are very vocal, and they go out and they march. But the conservatives stay at home, mm. and they, they tend to their garden and they you know change the oil on their car. But they all know, and don't forget that as it progresses down this road, don't what what's coming. And what started in 2008 with the collapse of the um, Federal Reserve note, denominated as the U.S. dollar, is now coming to its fruition. And the global stage is being set for uh, that to lose its reserve status. And when it does, it will reach its intrinsic value of zero. And people will then go through a time of suffering and chaos if they're not careful. What we're delivering here is the message of how to, instead of having the globalists, as you call them, come in and go, oh, it's chaos. We have a way to fix that. But you're going to have to enslave yourselves to us in perpetuity and your children and your children's children and your children's children, but we're going to feed you. It's not going to be good food, but we'll feed you. Yes.
1: Yeah, soil and green. We'll put, <laughs> listen, I've got to take a time out, it Doug. It's not
3: going to be a house or anything, but it'll be a tarp and a couple
1: pieces of string. And a couple of polls. Exactly. Listen, I got to take a time out. We'll come back and I uh, will also take some phone calls. Doug Force, The Myth is Canada.
0: What say you? Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. The truth will set you free, but first, it will really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. The myth is Canada.
1: I got to tell you what I uh, I'm very anxious to see this. On the big screen, and uh, it's not ready yet. It's uh, They're in the pre-production stages of making this feature-length documentary. When I say they, I mean the folks at Nephilimfilms.com, and they are in the crowdfunding phase. Uh, talk about a grassroots effort. Uh, you can help get this movie made and expose the myth that is Canada. Uh, the good news is uh, Doug Force, executive producer, is here to tell us how we can... Move from de facto governments across Canada, which is what we have, uh, to governments du jour. Now, this would take, again, a tremendous grassroots movement, and that is uh, constitutional conventions, um, sort of block by block, neighborhood by neighborhood, city by city, county by county, uh, province by province um and uh, he says while it may sound fantastical remember go harken back to 1776 and um you know a, a collection of small colonies took on the greatest empire in the world and won he's not suggesting that this would be achieved um with a bloody revolution he's saying it can all be done with the mighty pen um Let's uh, grab a call here for Doug Force. Lisa is in Woodstock. Lisa, good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show.
5: Oh, hi, Richard. How are
1: you? I'm well, thank you.
5: Um, Richard, I had three questions, actually, for, for you and your guest. All right. Uh, the first question uh, was a follow-up on what Nelson Fall asked, actually, and didn't, he didn't follow it up. And that is, uh, for your guest, is a, actually a Canadian citizen.
1: Doug, are Am you a Canadian, a Canadian citizen? citizen? Yes.
3: Yes, I have to uh, have uh, citizenship uh, because I have a passport. I do a lot of traveling for my work. So, yes.
5: You have a Canadian passport? I do. Okay.
1: Did you have another question?
5: Yeah, I'll just give you the second question. The second question is, is uh, is your guest not actually promoting... What I would call sedition, which is the incitement of resistance or, to, or insurrection against an unlawful authority.
3: Is what I'm doing sedition? Sedition. And it, they could look at it as sedition, but they are also de facto unlawful and illegal. What I'm actually suggesting is very simple. Let's cede a de jure government and, uh, and get rid of these unlawful and illegal de facto governments. And if that's sedition against the uh, unlawful and illegal government, then my crime of sedition
5: is there. You know, city by city and street by street uh, resistance, if you will, against the government. To me, that's not, sedition.
1: Not he's talking about. Costi- no, he's not, not talking about resistance. He's talking about the Constitutional uh, Convention.
3: Correct just simply create a constitution that seats a de jure government. I'm not saying that you should go up and grab a gun and, and resist the government that you have today. That will get you nowhere. It will get you dead very quickly if you if you were to try that. Or if you were to try to um, undermine them in any way, uh, that would also get Yeah, let's you, be clear. You know, let's like re, let's be
1: clear detail. about this. Doug, has, is, at no time has he ever suggested anything of the sort uh, Lisa, he is talking about uh, organizing ourselves into small groups uh, and and creating a grassroots constitution, uh, one that would be um, sort of you know welcomed by uh, at a provincial level eventually. You know that it would start at the street level; it would start a few houses at a time, and 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 then it would move. Uh, you know, to the neighborhoods and then eventually across the city and so forth. Um, and
5: how would you propose to get this enacted as a country? Well, here's the thing um, we have uh, all the provinces are already
3: uh, sovereign nations without de jure governments. And with my seating a de jure government within the provinces, then each province, the province of British Columbia will become the sovereign nation of British Columbia. The province of Ontario will become the sovereign nation of Ontario. At which point, um, at at that point, they can all come together if they so choose and hold a constitutional convention to create a federal authority that could be called Canada. But that's up to the will of the people.
5: If if you are going to draft these constitutions, right? I'm not um, drafting them, my dear. and, And the government decides that this is not a good thing for the country, and they pass legislation that outlaws you doing that. How are you going to stop that?
3: I'm not drafting a single constitution.
5: No, no, I know you're not. You're suggesting people do it in your in Correct. your in your movie. I'm just saying if people are drafting these constitutions, uh, uh, city by city, and so on, and the government finds out that they're doing this, and the government decides to pass legislation making it illegal, um, how are you going to stop that? Well. I'm not going to stop anything. Um, no, I'm not it would talking be the, about you. I'm talking be, about the people that you're suggesting should do this.
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. It would be the will of the people that would stop that. Um, if suddenly the government says you, can't, you cannot form a de jure government that is, is through your will, what do you think 32 million people in Canada would do to half a dozen maybe 40 or 50 politicians. What do you think would happen to them? 32 million people are told they can't have their sovereignty because they are creating these laws that says you
1: can't do that. All right, let me do just jump in because I've got I've to take a break here, but we'll come back sure. and we'll, okay, well uh, continue thank you that you conversation. Richard, uh, I'll continue to listen. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa okay, in better. Woodstock. Uh, we'll uh, continue to discuss the myth is Canada. Doug force from
0: Nephilim Films. Check it out, NephilimFilms.com. Back with more in a moment. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, Doug Forrest stays with us uh, till, well, till the very end, the
1: bitter end. And we'll uh, dim the lights and say goodnight till uh, next week. But uh, just to uh, further to uh, Lisa's point from Woodstock, and I had raised this earlier with you, Doug, what happens if the de facto government doesn't recognize uh, what uh, this grassroots constitutional convention that... uh, Creates a government de jour, and and, and uh, just to sort of again expedite things, I think your point was well. Listen, if everyone's on board, everyone would include members of the military, members of the police, perhaps even members of you know the judiciary, other, you know, other politicians that wake up to the fact that we are living under de facto governments, not governments de jour. So the only people left on the other side representing the de facto government would be. You know the elected the the the, the members of parliament. Uh, they would have you know they would have no underpinning. Is that pretty much? Uh, th-
3: That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, once once you go into the process, it would be absolutely dead foolish for them to say that you can't. Create a constitutional government because it would expose that to even, to the people that were sideline sitting, going, well, I don't really want to get involved now. Suddenly, the federal authority says you can't do that.
1: Right. The, the, the big to obstacle that. to this, the, the big obstacle is making is waking people up to and making them understand what the difference uh, is between de facto and de jour, I think. The myth is Canada. Right. There, there you is. go. All right. Let's say hi to Grant, who's out in British Columbia. Good morning, Grant. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show.
4: Uh, good evening. Yes, uh, I just wanted to make a few comments about some of the people who have been calling in regarding, uh, you know, this fear they seem to have uh, with uh, authority. And uh, this authority, uh, as uh, Doug says, comes from these de facto governments, which we have basically allowed to, to control our lives. I mean, we are the sovereign. Uh, Doug, you've talked about this. We are the sovereign. God created us. He put us on this planet and gave us all these rights. And if we don't exercise those rights, then obviously somebody's going to come along and take them away from us. So uh, with what you're saying, uh, and I fully understand what you're doing because I've been involved in a lot of this research myself too, is that people have to start thinking about who is the sovereign here. We, you know, this you know, we are the sovereign. This body we have that we walk around and, uh, and uh, that's been given to us by our Creator, you know, we have these rights, and nobody can take them away without our informed consent. And this is what we've done in the past, is we've given away our consent and made ourselves
7: subservient to these powers.
1: Well, this is part yeah. of, the this is part of, I believe, the deception and the, and the conspiracy, if you will, to drive yeah. God from the public square. It's because when you remove the Creator, then you destroy the concept of inalienable rights. Most, if you talk to millennials, they don't even understand the concept of inalienable rights because they don't even know God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Grant. Thank you for that. Tony's in Toronto. Let's work Tony in. And good morning, Tony. Welcome to the Conspiracy yeah, Show. Yeah.
7: Good morning. I'm um, very interested program, but I'm 100% uh, with Doug because I always said, like, from, for example, you're getting your citizenship, you're making uh, you swearing li- um allegiance to even her grandkids that's not even there yet.
1: Right. We're swearing allegiance Canada. to the why queen and making, her and her heirs. Yes.
7: That's why we swearing alliance to uh, some people? across the pond in the UK. That's ridiculous. So I'm 100% um, with what Doug suggests. Thanks, well, guys. we, the people, aren't actually
3: um, giving uh, the Queen a- any allegiance at all. It's uh, it's her uh, governance or the government uh, the, that we we ele- oh, here's the funny thing we are allowed to elect those people but they don't represent us exactly. uh, whatsoever in what we do here and of course you could see on on YouTube uh, Mr Justin Trudeau uh, swearing allegiance uh, to the Queen and her hair.
7: I don't and, like the guy. I know his dad very, very well as a teenager, when I was even before I was a teenager. But uh, he's a puppet. I don't like him. No, I don't. I don't think
3: a lot of people do, unless you're a,
7: a, a liberal.
3: But here's here's the here's the here not my liberal. Fault. Fault. <laughs> yeah, <but here's
1: laughs> the right. thank you fault. for the admission, Tony. Go ahead, Doug.
3: Yes, I was going to say in 1893 there was a little a uh, statute law revision act that was created by the UK parliament that uh, that uh, uh, removed the section two of the British North American Act um, and it came into uh, section two was the monarch of Canada were heirs uh, and uh, in perpetuity was removed from the British North American Act and in 1901 when Queen Victoria died uh, she was the last queen or monarch for Canada. Now the the English Parliament between 1901 and 1931 never reenacted that clause. And after 1931, it was the, the British North American Act was null and void, and they had no claim to enact anything at
7: that point in Canada at all for, and, and to this day. And you um, know one of the well, things you said that's very important that people don't think about? It, we never get a chance to vote on the Constitution before it, it takes over our life. Because it has nothing to do with you. It's not your Constitution.
1: Right. In other words, it was not. It, it was not. It wasn't
7: for us. It was just for the puppet them in Ottawa.
1: Right. It was not uh, voted and on by the. That's why. The I agree with you. cuz I was but in high school, th- I was one of those students to write and say
7: what the constitution means. in, in thirty two A now. and
3: B, it's very clear that the charter applies only to the federal authority and to the provincial authority.
7: That's the government. That's what I told my children and my and, and my friends.
1: All right, Tony. Great uh, hearing Thank from you. you Thank, thanks. Thanks for checking you. in. I hope you'll call again. You. Um, so let's in the in the time that remains, Doug. Let's talk about again how we get this uh, how we get this movie made. I mean, uh, in addition to making the movie, because I think you know, obviously it's important to make the movie. I think it, if it ever gets to the big screen, and I, I sincerely hope that it does, um, I think it'll make a huge splash. Uh, but, but is don't we have to go further than that I mean it, it, we're talking about really changing people 's entire reality and their whole perspective, which is a very difficult thing to do um, i mean what else i mean are, is is there another way in addition to the movie of educating people about this
3: well we are going to as, as we progress with the movie itself. We're having a companion website or an interactive website ah, built with the movie that will will have webinars uh, that will be running uh, during the uh, during the uh, post production of the movie itself, and then after the movie is released, we'll continue to run webinars. There'll be PDF documentation up there on teaching people a what is a constitution, b what is a constitutional convention, c what is a de jure versus a de facto government, right. all downloadable. We're going to have boilerplate constitutions up there so people can actually download them and, and fill in the blanks. And if they don't know what to put in the blanks, we'll have a, a PDF documentation uh, of all the various ideas that you can actually put into a constitution to create a jure government. So it really, uh, really is very hands on what we're looking at doing. It's not just the movie.
1: Um, what, what about the idea of helping communities to organize to elect their, their constitutional delegates?
3: That will, the, the the explanation on how to do these things will be in there. We'll hold webinars and teaching people how to do that. But to actually come into the communities unless invited, um, I'd, I'd be delighted to do that if I was invited to do that. I wouldn't just show up. No, no, um, and start preaching
1: from the town square. That's for sure. No, no. I'm I'm saying you know, uh, uh, giving people instructions on how they could. Uh, yeah. Organize themselves and and uh, what about a um, something a little more f- frequent and interactive I know i th- 'm I'm, I'm giving you lots of ideas and, and making more work for you, but and, as if a film isn 't enough it 's a huge undertaking but i just trying to think about what about like a weekly podcast or a weekly some sort of a podcast where where um, because those things are, you know how viral they, they can go and podcasting is getting ready to explode uh, uh, go ahead
3: well I was going to say um I'm, I'm getting a lot of invites to uh, to get on. I was on um, uh, Hugh Riley's uh, Liquid Lunch last week. Yes. Um, and by the way, Hugh says to say hello to you now that I'm on the air with you. He's
1: doing you. great stuff. Yes, please say and hi that to Hugh. I'll
3: give you. And he has me back on uh, this Wednesday on Liquid Lunch again for another, and he wants to do an hour this time, uh, this Wednesday. I've had invitations from across Canada now. uh, Three different radio stations have invited me to to come on and and do uh, time uh, for them. I know that as that gets further and further out, it's going to increase a lot from that. And once we get the movie into post-production and we're able to – to start running webinars on the interactive website um, and and taking that into distribution from there, then we we do expect it to go viral at that point. And webinars are a great tool because they're interactive. So you're not just preaching through a podcast of what's happening, but you're actually taking in questions immediate. And and you, you're explaining, and you can have your documentation up there through uh, uh, through um, PowerPoint documentation, and and actually teach people um, how to do what it is that they need to do uh, me, in in real time.
1: I think it's fabulous. I think you're um, you're doing uh, the Lord's work here, and I I fully get behind it in any way I can. Let me ask you uh, just a couple, a couple of minutes here, but let's say for example you wanted to educate. A sitting member of parliament or a member of provincial parliament and wake them up as to what's going on, um, what would you, let's, you know, give them the elevator pitch uh, to explain to them why they are essentially, um, I don't know, living a lie. <laughs> I don't know how else how to put that delicately. Well, give them the elevator pitch to explain to them what, what's going on.
3: And I have spoke to politicians in the past, and they're not the, they're not the brightest, um, um, to, they're not the sharpest tools in the shed, let's put it that way. So you have to kind of be a little forceful with them. And I would, I would suggest to them that uh, door number one is the door to the gallows. Door number two is the door to freedom and a de jure government. You're, it's your choice.
1: Wow. <laughs> um, that's pretty, uh, pretty direct, I'd say.
3: Have you ever spoken to a
1: politician? I'm you know sure what? You what listen, I want to be—I want to be kind. There are there are some very listen. There are some very bright politicians. Oh, yeah, a lot sure. of them are lawyers. They're very sharp minds. But I—I I, I guess what we're saying is, you know, to try and uh, you know, it's like trying to wake people up um, who are in a deep, deep sleep. And some people just don't want to be woken up. You know what? Did, what did Jesus say? Let the dead bury the dead. You—you uh, you, you, some people just don't want to have their eyes open, because they're, they're they're very comfortable in their well-appointed cages.
3: You know, Richard, that, that's fine, and there's nothing wrong with that. They don't have to participate, because what happens to those that don't participate, the world passes them by, and they're not going to be a party to what's coming. And that's fine. That's their choice. It's not, I can't force that old, that old adage, take a horse
1: to water, you can't make him drink it. True, true. Well, um... I wish you nothing but success uh, with this project. Again, how can people donate to uh, the crowdfunding campaign to make this documentary, The Myth Is Canada, uh, come into reality?
3: Well, Nephilimfilms.com, N E P H A L E M, films.com. Uh, on the uh, opening page, there's a donation tab in the upper right hand corner. You press that, and you can donate through PayPal. Uh, through uh, e-transfer, uh, through cryptocurrency. We take Ether and Bitcoin. And also, if you have a credit card and you want to go on Indiegogo, we have uh, set up on Indiegogo where we, are, where we actually have perks that you can actually get, T-shirts, hats, uh, water bottles, etc., um, uh, for your donation through uh, Indiegogo.
1: Again, it's Nephilimfilms.com. N-E-P-H-A-L-E-M. Films. Dot com. Doug, thank you so much for the last two hours. All the best. We'll talk again. And again, I'm all in.
3: Thank you, Richard. I appreciate you having me on your show uh, yet again.
1: <laughs> all right. Doug Force. The myth is Canada. My thanks to Ian and Albert and um, the other guy, Ryan. <laughs> Senior moment, sorry about that. And North, North, doing a fantastic job in the other in the control room there. Back next week, Billy Carson, Nelson Thal. Hope you'll be along for that. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.